We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Friday, January 12th. We'll be taking a look at tomorrow's NFL wild card slate, the two game slate. Also, a little bit about uh, MMA. UFC is back tomorrow as well. Maybe some NBA props and pick them. Uh, anything else that you would like to talk about, feel free to post it in the YouTube chat. Hit that thumbs up button. You know how much I like the thummy thumbs early in the morning, wakes me up. In addition to the Red Bull, the like button wakes me up. So hit that like button. Let me get up in the morning. Hit that subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Join with me most Fridays, even though, you know, the regular season's over in NFL, John. But we still got playoffs and we still got the Dolphins. John, the Dolphins have the uh, have the lowest implied team total. Are you changing your stance during the regular season? Regular season, it's like, I want to play all the Dolphins all the time. They're actually the biggest underdog on the slate. Are we going with Dolphins onslaught stacks as a contrarian play? I'm going all Dolphins. I hate to be like a caricature of myself, (laughs) Um, but I I really am. I'm like, that's my main like focus for Saturday slate is I'm going to go over with the Dolphins. Um, I think that projections are leading you away from the Dolphins because they're the yeah they're the biggest underdog. They have the lowest implied uh, team total on the slate. I think you know casual players are maybe going to see the the weather. Be like, oh, it's too cold. Like the Dolphins aren't going to score any points. Um, there's only four teams on the slate, so you got to go somewhere. Um, and I'd rather go with the Dolphins. I think than uh, you know than just eat into the ownership of like Cleveland and, and Houston. I think like Cleveland is. Like is is Cleveland, and so people are going to think it's like oh some kind of sneaky thing. I want to go with Cleveland. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are going to see anywhere near the ownership that places have them project at. I, I think they're going to see like actually very minimal ownership because because of what I outlined that like that people that are using projections like the Dolphins aren't there with the projections because they have the lowest like implied team total. But they're not like a huge underdog. Uh, their implied team total isn't that low. 
the total for this Kansas this game in Kansas City is not like that much lower than the Cleveland Houston game, which is inside the dome. I think everybody's going with Cleveland Houston, and I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Well, the problem with the Dolphins aren't just like I get it from a ceiling perspective. The Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, who's questionable, right? Mostert is questionable. I think these guys play. We got HN. I mean, the Dolphins are good at big plays, and big plays are good for DFS. The problem comes in is that it's a it's a two game slate, and these guys are not cheap. So, yeah. like on a normal slate, let's say this was a ten game slate, even you'd be able to like play Tua, Tyreek type of lineups, and then be able to find some 3K wide receiver that has a chance, right? You'd be able to, like, this is more like an expanded showdown type of slate where there's not many options to go elsewhere. Uh, how do you how do you get these Miami lineups? How, how are you able to build these Miami stacked lineups? And let's... Unless you're you're not necessarily looking to stack a lot of them, yep. that you're just kind of like like oh let me get get three Miami players, and then just build the lineups as normal. Yeah, I mean I think I'm basically just going to try to be overweight on, on Tyree Kill, uh, but also Jalen Waddle, and I think the I think Waddle and Mostert being questionable could really drive down their ownership. Uh, so I'm I'm interested in in being over the field on them. Um, and I yeah like you can't. You can't just like stack every expensive player on the slate, but you can still get a decent lineup. Like you can lock in to a Tyreek, like Jalen Waddle, and you still get a, a lineup. Um, you know, you're yeah, but you that's the best way to put it, John. John. You get yes, you're right. You get to a lineup. Is it a lineup that you're willing to play? Because like I'm putting it right here on the screen: Tua, Tyreek, Waddle. Uh, yeah. I at this point, I would just play Dur- Durham Smythe. Just why not? Right. Just like that. And even if you plug in like the cheapest defense and it's not going to matter, I mean, you can, you can play, I mean, you can play the Dolphins defense also, you know, just, I mean, 55, I mean, yes, I guess you can. Yeah. Nah, I, I guess it's a little bit more doable than I, than I thought you're going to, I mean, you're going to still probably have to find some cheap wide receiver because just to fill in the running back spots, or you could go with, you know, you can go some backup type of run. I mean, I mean, you still got like Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford there, Devin Singletary. Maybe this is a little bit more doable than I thought. But on a general note, on a two-game slate, I know we've talked about this in the past. Uh, unlike these Thanksgiving slates, you know, the, the three-gamers, the two, three-gamer type of stuff. I believe, and I still think it applies now, I think the field has gotten a little bit sharper that there's much more value in game stack, like over, over stacking teams and games than going with much more of a, I'll take a little bit of here, a little bit of there, because you're almost always going to run into combinatorial ownership issues that like, I'd much rather, I look at that like Miami lineup going, now just, if I'm going to play Tua, I'm going to play like everyone. I'm like, I don't, I don't even mind plugging in Cedric Wilson into that lineup also and just be like, whatever the Dolphins get, I get it all. I play, you could even play HN in that lineup. And then like, I'm more inclined to just like, every spot is going to be one team. And then there's going to be one guy from the opposing team and like the defense of the other game and just hope that one game goes off. Or you could do it the opposite. You could do it 
where you're playing, let's say, uh, you're not playing Tua, but you're playing like Mahomes and you're just overstacking kind of the Chiefs, but you're playing like three Dolphins with them as well. Are you more inclined to make those types of lineups or are you more inclined to like, if you stack the Dolphins, it's like, I'll stack the Dolphins, but I'll also stack the, the Browns and kind of like take one team from each game. So I, I do think you want to overstack um, because I, exactly the reason you said that you're just hoping one game kind of exceeds the other, basically. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I would be more likely to play like Chiefs in that uh, you know, two uh, Tyreek type lineups if I can. And, and the Chiefs have a bunch of like cheap wide receivers, right? Like there's McCall Hardman, um, MBS, like Darius Tony. We don't know exactly who's going to be playing. Like the preferred guy is definitely um, Rishi Rice. But yeah, I, mean, I think that's exactly what you want to do is, is you want to overstack the, the two game slates. I think even the three game slates, you're just hoping one game really exceeds the rest. And it can happen in, in a number of different ways or can, you know, be blowouts, you know, they're, um, you know, but yeah, you want that, like that back and forth shootouts. And I just, my particular thought with this two game slate is that the totals are about the same, but the narrative is all on this Cleveland Houston game. Uh, like I, I can't like go anywhere without people talking about the weather in Kansas city <laughs> this week. Um, and, and we've seen like and it's on the like Kevin Roth weather page, right? That the the wind is a much bigger effect than than temperature. Um, like I, I don't see why my like the Miami guys will run slower, um, like slower than the Chiefs in in cold weather. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to overstack and it, and I'm just basically looking and I'm seeing like two games with about the same total, and it seems like everybody's going to be on this Cleveland Houston game. And if they're about the same total, like a lot of different things could happen when we actually start like throwing the football around on, on Saturday. Um, so I'm going to go with the other game. I mean, it really just comes down to a salary adjusted value issue. Cause I mean, I'm clicking here, our current projections as of last night, like if you were to just play the top, like mean projected optimal lineup, I mean, essentially it's an overstack of the Cleveland Houston game. It's Flacco, Moore, Cooper, and then Singletary, Collins, Schultz. And then you're playing like Pacheco, Pacheco, Rice, Chiefs. Like, like literally no Dolphins even show up. Like none of the Dolphins show up here whatsoever. Even if you're going to play Tyreek as a one-off in this type of lineup. I mean, you end up just basically overstacking Cleveland-Houston. So like, if, you, if, you're, if your strategy is to overstack a game, I almost think that, that, because projection wise, like I wouldn't do it with the Cleveland Houston game only because like that's that's like the catch lineup anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm much more interested. Like I, I may play, I typically don't play these slates, but there may be a big edge. We go to this Miami. I'm going back to that same lineup, like deciding whether or not like I'm if I'm gonna play Tyreek and Waddle, you're probably gonna play Tua, right? Like plugging all this stuff in, like I go to Kansas City. Right. Maybe you play a defense in the other game. Maybe you play the, 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 the Browns defense or something like that. You, you take a deep. Let's 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 just take a look at like what a what a lineup could look like. Right. The Texans defense. Right. A three K. I mean, you have you have options here. I mean, this isn't as 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 nutso. Like, you, can you play like Rishi Rice in this lineup? You can play Rishi Rice. You can play Pacheco. To some extent, if you wanted to, or one of the two, I think I'm more likely to play Pacheco and then one of like the cheap receivers, like Justin Watson. And then you got a running back slot. I mean, you could play, I mean, like, dude, 
feel free to play uh, Devon, Devon Chain in this lineup also. You got 52. Yeah, this is doable. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't think I don't think people are going to do it anywhere near as much as they should. Um, I think everyone's – because I'm, I'm seeing the same thing. Like when I run optimal lineups, any kind of projections, um, you're getting natural stacks of the Cleveland-Houston game. And that, that might be what wins. Um, but I do think if that wins, that you're going to maybe see some duplicated lineups as well. Because, like, the pricing isn't so tough that, um, you know, that you you have to, you know, if you're going to stack that game, you have to go to some, like, way off the board receiver or something like that. Uh, you can stack that game pretty easily. Like, if you just start running optimal projections, start running, you know, 150 top road grinders lineups, uh, you're getting a ton of, of Joe Flacco, you know, Devin Singletary, uh, and then you're going to see the Isaiah Pacheco and, and like Chiefs defense and go, ah, that's, that's perfect. Uh, right. Cause the Dolphins aren't going to score anyway. Uh, and that game is like too cold for somebody to run and play football in. So the only thing we want from that game is, is Isaiah Pacheco and the Chiefs defense anyway. Perfect. This is my lineup. And I think you're, it just is, it fits the narrative of the week and you're going to see a bunch of lineups like that. Uh, and so I'm going to play different lineups and it, it does set up as like a binary thing. Like if I'm going to enter 150 lineups into like the, $20 Millie maker. Like I have to be prepared to lose like more of my money, you know, that I normally would like really diversifying things out. But I think it's, it's totally possible to to play like that, that chiefs dolphins overstack. And it's going to be pretty different. Right. Cause I'm looking, I'm trying to build right here. It's like, like I could easily do something like Kareem hunt, you know, Maybe the Browns defense, something like that. I still got third. I mean, look, I mean, I literally called it before with Cedric Wilson. Well, here's a 50K lineup right here where you're playing like everyone, right? So you're yeah. playing Pacheco and Rice, and you're playing Tua with like every, every, with Hill, Waddle, Wilson, and Smith. Browns defense with Kareem Hunt is kind of semi, somewhat correlated. I mean, to me, I, I wouldn't be shocked, John, if like this was literally one of your lines. Right. Yeah. I, I like, you know, playing backup uh, rounds running backs. Uh, but actually, I think Kareem Hunt is very much in play just because, you know, Casey ends up, you know, catching passes. It is. It's a two game slate. So there's only two games. And if, you know, Kareem Hunt ends up getting like a long touchdown reception or something, which, you know, is plausible, uh, then he's probably on the winning lineup at, at extremely low ownership. Um, people are probably not going to drop down beyond like the top four running backs on this slate. Um, so, you know, I, I think that you go dropping down, I guess maybe the top five, if, if, assuming most of it plays. Uh, so going, I mean, you can do this also. You could just switch out Hunt and Wilson with Ford and River Craycraft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's getting a little bit different. I, I don't know that you necessarily have to have almost every single skill position player, you know, from, from one <laughs> game. Um, but I mean, yeah, it is like, I, I think that is like a plausible, plausible lineup. I mean, I think there'll probably be points scored in both games. Um, my general strategy is just to be overweight the the Chiefs of Miami game. I mean, I'm going a little too. Am I getting a little too carried away? <laughs> He's yeah. strong for 17 touchdowns tomorrow. You never know. I just and I also I don't think like, yeah, I don't think these ownerships are going to be as high as we're currently projecting. Like, I think we're projecting ownerships maybe based off of like projections. And I just think the narrative is like that game's going to be too cold. The Dolphins' offense isn't looking good. Like their players are all injured, uh, but they're like their players are injured on defense too. So that could lead to like the Chiefs scoring some points, and then if like Waddle and Mostert play and they're they're near themselves, uh, but the Dolphins like defensive players are, are hurt, 
then the Chiefs are scoring points, then the, you know the Dolphins are scoring points. Uh, so yeah, I think there's just a lot of. I mean, there's only two games to pick from, and it seems like everybody's picking one, so I'm going to pick the other. So you you, you don't buy the fact that Tyreek Hill is going to be 56% owned, highest owned player on the slate? Because I don't. No, yeah, I don't think he's going to be the highest owned player. Especially okay, anything if Jalen Waddle plays. Especially, well, especially if Jalen Waddle plays. Anything else on this uh, the wild card slate that you'd, you'd like to point out? You do you have a hit? Do you have a hit in the nuts? article for the wild card slates i i, I do I'd like so to I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have one for each slate um and i'm actually uh in the middle of the the one for saturday now um so that that should be out probably this afternoon or um depends how quickly i get my nba stuff done <laughs> but um it should be out you know obviously by tonight in, in time for this uh this wild cards wild card slate tomorrow and that's for premium members if you want to get a premium Roto-Grinder subscription, click the link on the description. Get $10 off your first month. If you want your nuts hidden, if you want to hit, if you want your nuts to get hit, if you want your ball smashed, feel free to join Roto-Grinders Premium, right, and get uh, John's article. You'll also have something for for MMA. Let's talk about the, the, the UFC slate. Are you going to have, like, your, typically you have, like, an underdog type of, like, underdogs you're looking out for on the slate. And let me just tell you, I know you, you haven't you haven't taken a closer look at this. The finding an underdog that's gonna win at, at a cheap price. I think like after like Mario Batista, like there's a lot of fighters on this card that are like minus three hundred, minus four hundred, minus nine hundred, a lot of heavy lopsided favorites on the slate. I'm not sure if you're gonna I'm not sure if you're gonna be able to find underdogs that are worth playing. Yeah, I'm not doing the article because the quality of underdogs did not meet my standard. Of, <laughs> um, so skipping the article this week, no uh, no lineup HQ tags. But I, I do. I think it's a it's a fun slate. You know, it's good to get back to to UFC. It's been about a m- month off, I think. Uh, and I do think there are some ways to get different. So it's, I think it's an interesting slate. Um, it's one of those slates where yeah, I think people are going to be going to the to the money line, right, to the top top end guys, uh, and I. I don't know that they had necessarily have a better chance of being like the highest, highest scoring guys. So it's my, my guidance with the UFC is always that when we look at the slate before it starts, it seems like, Oh, these, these like minus 400 guys, minus 600 guys, like they're like almost guaranteed winners. So I got to plug them into my lineups, but at the end of the slate, we have 12 guys that won fights. And they're like, who has the highest score of those 12 guys that won the fights? And when you start like trying to put that into a lineup, it looks like it looks much different. Um, we we have like a sim based thing for MMA, uh, you know, that look, compares like optimal rates. And I'm I'm shocked at how often the highest priced fighters are not on the optimal lineup, even even when they have a good chance at an early finish. Uh, it's just you know we have twelve fights. Hopefully, um, we'll we'll see some early finishes. In the mid range, we'll see some like high paced fights in the mid range. So I think that's an interesting place to go on on this card. Um, and I'm not I'm not necessarily loving like going to Ankalaev. Um, he's the five round fighter, heavy favorite. Uh, but it it looks like you know he, the the odds are leading us that the fight is probably going to go um, you know more than than two rounds, but not necessarily go all five. Um, so if he just gets like a third round win. He's just like every other fighter on the card. 
up. He's got like a string of victories that um, that are under 100 points, right? So it's not necessarily like if he gets one of these like, you know, three round, you know, even if he gets the finish in, in three rounds, like that doesn't necessarily help you over any other card on the slate. So I, any other fighter on the slate. So he he may, may end up being a little bit overowned, um, and it might be a good card to like kind of skip the main event. So looking at this, I, I I filled out my preliminary MMA sheet like I normally like I normally do. Uh, the thing about this slate, I mean I mean I mean look at the, uh, inside the distance. Have you ever seen the top four fighters inside the distance? Minus eight hundred, minus two hundred, minus two seventy five, minus two eighty five. Inside the distance, I mean like this. I mean we have like half the fighters on the slate that are favored to end inside the distance. The the issue here on on this slate uh is that i want i don't want to call it an issue but most of the fighters on this slate are not wrestlers right like it's one of the it's one of these th- things that the the wrestling equity I, I guess tom nolan i guess a little ankalaev can but a lot of times he doesn't choose to and we'll, we'll we can talk about like bashrat or uh, ricky simon jim miller I mean, but they're not like heavy favorites or anything. It's just amongst like the heavier favorites. Like it's much like it's basically who who could finish the quickest, right? I'm not sure if like some of these guys necessarily have the ceiling to put up like oh three round smash in a decision and they're still scoring 130 points because these these are most likely going to be just kickboxing fights and just stand up affairs. So really, you're just betting on who could finish someone in the first round, and who could finish someone in the first round. Sometimes only you only score 105, 110 points if you don't get the quick win bonus. So it's quite possible that that Gene Silva, you know, just waxes Weston Wilson uh, 90 seconds in, knocks him out, and ends up with uh, 108 points. But you could say the same for like Manel Cop or Marcus McGee or Nolan or Cortez Acosta against Arlovsky. Like it seems like most of the guys up here are trying to guess which ones are gonna get the quick win bonus, and if they don't get the quick win bonus, it's quite possible that playing anyone nine k and above, their scores may end up being fairly similar to each other, assuming they all win. Yeah, exactly. I think it's gonna add a lot of randomness that people aren't necessarily expecting. I think people are gonna see like the Gene Silva, uh, you know, like inside the distance in this first round. Uh, win odds, and they're going to click on that name. It's it's ninety six hundred. And again, like, I think Jim Miller won his last fight in like twenty five seconds, and it was against you know some late replacement guy. Um, but like, yeah, like, any of these fighters, you know, it is it's it's a it's like a boxer's card. Um, but like any one of these guys could get the the you know first round finish. Uh, the was the quick win bonus. Uh, I mean, that could be Gabriel Benitez this time over Jim Miller. We don't know. Uh, but I think it adds a lot more randomness than people are necessarily seeing. Um, Bacharach, I, I think, is something going to be like under owned. He's only like 8,900. Um, he had, like, had a reputation for not really being a, a high scorer. Um, but he is like, he's a, a wrestler, right? So he put up like 100, 110 something, I think, in his, his last fight. Um, so he's a guy that will probably be under owned. I, I like, like Tom Nolan. You mentioned him. Uh, I think he's got a better than 50% chance of getting the first round win. Uh, and he's he's like 400 cheaper than, than Silva. 
Uh, so I, that's somewhere that I would be interested in going. Like, like have more Nolan Silva, I think, is a way to get different. I think, like, other guys with upside are, like, Ricky Simone. Yeah. I know he's plus 260 inside the distance, but, I mean, he could sc- he could land eight takedowns, and in a win, could score 110 points at 8,600. So, like, these are the types of guys you're looking at. And also, I you I believe, I'm playing five lineups. I believe. I, I don't think I'm going to multi. And typically, 12, 12 fight slates, I don't. Uh, I think you need to prioritize the mid-range fights like uh, Ferreira, Hawes. Ferreira, I mean, like that, that, I think that fight is like minus 600 to end inside the distance. Like at 8,300 or 7,900, getting, getting a first round finish is worth so much more than the guys at 9K that I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know who wins. Right, these both of these guys are are susceptible to, uh, like Bill Hawes. When he gets hit, doesn't look all that great. But Bruno Ferreira has almost no defense either, and Hawes can take him down. Like this is one of those fights that, if it's not close, this could score a ton of points in just one round. That in this mid range, same for the Miller Benitez fight. Like I'd be focused on having at least because. You need to get these. You need to get these guys into your lineup, even if you're not going to play like a Silva or Ankalaev, because they, the fights are are scheduled are are probably going to end as quickly as those fights anyway. And these underdogs down here, like I don't know who, like would you consider? I mean, I guess for the large field contest, playing two of these guys down here and going for uniqueness, it just these are the types of slates where I've, I've done the data analysis in the past that the more, the higher and higher, more favorites are on the card, the much more, it gets exponentially more likely that the optimal lineup uses most of the salary. So I think that if you're going to be playing lineups that are like 48, five, like it's, I don't think it's that like it it's, you get different by, playing mid-range fighters with one like 9k fighter and then taking one taking a shot at one of these guys getting upset by one of the guys on the bottom and if you get the right guy like dude if Gaston Bolaño scores 82 points in a win like that could easily be optimal because he may be like one of the only underdogs that has even won and there you go and you have five other winners and there you go you win the contest yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be over the field, like, on these, like, super cheap guys, like, but it's just not going to be difficult. Like, if I have, you know, 5% Weston Wilson, that probably puts me one and a half times the field. Uh, but I, I think, you know, as the lowest I probably want to go is Johnny Walker, but I probably want to be a little bit over the field on, on Johnny Walker. Um, like, if, if you see the scenario where somebody lands on the winning lineup in a loss, um, it's probably going to be... Johnny Walker, right? He's got the five rounds to work with. He's only 6,800. Um, I feel like that, that's not like a decent, I mean, that that's a pretty decent like price given his, um, his odds even like it. I mean, he, he doesn't have like 0% chance of winning this fight. Um, and at 6,800 in a five round fight, like he's probably on the, the winning lineup in any kind of win. Um, yeah, not a big fan of like Moda, Arlovsky, Weston Wilson, but I, I do like the idea of being over the field on like the, this mid range. Like any one of these like middle range fighters could land on the wing lineup, you know, win. Um, like, yeah, you mentioned like Phil Hawes, like Preston Parsons and, and Semmelsberger, um, being over the field on that 
fight, like Mario Bautista, um, and you know, Ricky Simone, like not just the Simone side, but the uh, Mario Bautista side. Like any one of these fighters could in the mid range could land on the winning lineup, and I think they're going to see less ownership from the guys that that's super high end. I think the key is is that don't necessarily because people are going to look and go, how do I play Mateus Nicolau, right? How do how do plus seven seventy five? He doesn't finish anyone or whatever. It's like, dude, if he wins a decision at seventy two hundred, that may be enough. I mean, like it's yeah. one of these slates where. I wouldn't be playing multiple underdogs. You're going to see, I think, a lot of seemingly sharp 150 maxers have a have a very static style of, you know, strategy of how they play, of like, get unique. How do I get unique? Okay, let's leave 1,200 on the table in this lineup. Let's leave 800 in the table. They have some lineups that are 47-8, like, Contextually for the slate, I mean, we've talked about it on these Friday shows when we do Friday, we used to do Friday Friday, that the context of the slate dictates that because of the massive difference in odds just on winning fights, that you should be more inclined to, I'd much rather in the large field contest, find the lineup that spends 50K that is duplicated three or four times than play a unique lineup that leaves 2,000 on the table. And a lot of times people don't adjust for that. Yeah. I've actually come around a lot more in, in like the past couple of years on both showdown and MMA that there's probably as many people like just chopping off salary um, that like, that's maybe no longer optimal. Like it no longer, maybe I like get a, a good return on investment to just not use all the salary. Maybe the exception would be like FanDuel single game um, NFL or something like that. But uh you know, you actually, if you use all of your salary on a low-owned lineup, like, you're probably going to be pretty unique because there's a lot of people that just can't get to that lineup because they have, the, you know, the setting <laughs> that that they will not use all of their salary. Uh, so I think that's, like, an, an interesting twist on, the, on that concept. Um, and I agree. Like, when you have these lopsided lines, uh, like, there's a really good chance that, that Silva wins his fight. Um, but there's also a chance he gets priced off of the optimal lineup. But that really only happens if you're using all, if you need to use all the salary, right? Because otherwise, if you if you have a bunch of underdogs that win, then suddenly it's much easier to get Silva on the lineup, in the lineup, if he gets that first round win. Right. Then you could build lineups that are, spend all the salary. I mean, imagine instead of playing Ankali of Silva or Nolan, you're playing a Marcus McGee Manel Cop lineup, right? You're playing like, Mario Batista, yet you're you're playing one of the Nicholas Moda under you're playing the Moda underdog. Like you could build, I'm telling you, because I've 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 done it. You could build lineups that spend 49.8, 49.9, even 50k on a 12 fight card when you know when people are are much more inclined to play certain people, especially at the top end. I mean, this is this typically goes along. We don't have any female fights on the card, but typically that's that's uh that that's my that's my bread and butter. I win the most right. amount of money when some nine k female favorite crushes because they're almost always under owned, and in women's MMA, it's much higher variance because either the fighters are much closer than you look at it in the ninety two hundred seven thousand dollar fight and you go, really should should these women be that the spread be that wide? Sometimes the spread should have been even wider because the talent gap is so dramatic. 
in the man in the men's fights, it's a little bit more efficient, though those win odds. But I don't think we necessarily see that on this slate. I think I'm much more inclined. I think the guy that's that's I mean, I'm not a big fan of his. I can't, I mean, we have him at 26%. I bumped him down to 20. I think he gets even lower. Who's playing Waldo Cortez Acosta in their lineups at 9,500? When you have Ankaliyev there at 9,400, you have Gene Silva at 9,600. And he's facing Andre Orlovsky, who I know is old, but typically is competent enough to at least last one round defensively. Especially against someone like Carl Cortez Acosta, who is not a technical striker. I don't know if you've seen him fight. He's he's like a former like baseball player, and he just kind of just a big guy that throws his this throws wild shots and stuff like that. I mean, I don't see him being twenty six. I mean, it's quite possible that he comes in at like fourteen percent owned, and uh, he wins in forty two seconds. I mean, like, and I look at all these guys up here. And look at all these inside the distance props and go, the quick win bonus is at play in any of these fights. And I just rather play the ones that less people are playing because I don't see anyone scoring, you know, 140 without a quick win bonus. Yeah, exactly. I think we're we're much better at predicting who's going to win the fight than what they're going to score in their win. Uh, so, and that's what's leading me away from like Silva and Ankalaya because I think they're going to be the highest owned fighters. Uh, and I just don't know. That like if, if Ungalive was like super high volume with five rounds, um, then I you know I'd be much more inclined to play him. I think he's going to see like north of forty percent ownership. I'm much more interested in in playing Johnny Walker in that in that fight right at, at sixty eight hundred than Ungalive at, at ninety four hundred. I agree. I think the, all the other guys are going to be under owned like Waldo, Nolan, McGee, uh, Boshrock, uh, Manel Cop. I think they're all going to be under owned. Uh, and so basically, I'm just going to just like lop off a bunch of ownership from Silva and Goliath and play the other guys. Uh, and then, and, and that'll lead me towards a lot of the, to the mid range being over overweight, the, the mid range uh, the regarding like the female fighters. I had like, hadn't realized we had a women's fight on this. Didn't have a women's fight on this card. Uh, I mean, they were scheduled. I mean, this is, this is a card that I think that had like seven cancellations or something over the course of the past month. So like originally they were, but not anymore. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens at Wayans. I think Wayans are probably noon because I think they're in they're in Vegas. Um, but yeah, I I feel like women's fights are like just chronically underowned, and it is it's like some kind of form of discrimination. I I wonder if we'd even like it probably wouldn't be that difficult to like run the numbers for a few years of, of UFC DFS, and see, but I I think they're they're always underowned. I feel like the female fighters tend to get significant strikes easier than the male fighters too. Uh, just like a little stat metric thing, just my own observation, just like anecdotal. It seems like they're like way more likely to give a significant strike to a female fighter than than a male fighter, um, and that adds up in the scoring. And you see some of these like some of these women's um, fighters. And I think we've got Jasmine, uh, Jasmine, uh, Jasmine Vicious on the, mm-hmm. the card. I think next week she's one like she'll put up pretty high volume, and when those are kind of the significant strikes, like those. So start to really add up in the score. Um, there's no reason to be like so underweight the, the female fighters as people are. Right? I think it's a lot of it is like female fights tend to end in knockout a lot less. Um, and so people you know see that oh, well you know the, this this woman is not likely to get the knockout. Neither of these fighters is likely to get the knockout, so I'm not going to go there. And I I don't mind being underweight like low paced women's fighters 
some of them were high paced <laughs> and those those strikes add up. Right, you can see here. I got I got a women's MMA signed glove, Jessica Penne. Oh, right? nice. This yeah. is because I had because what do I do when I when I win big GPPs? I typically buy the jersey of the lowest owned fighter, and when I win one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars in MMA, there's no jerseys. So obviously, I get. A, I mean, it didn't cost. I mean, yeah. who, does anyone care about Jessica Penne? Probably not. But you know, I think I paid fifty bucks or something for this forty bucks. So, yeah, female fighters, female fighters. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything on this slate because there's no female. Whoever's the most feminine fighter out of the tw- out of the twenty four fighters, right? Feel free to choose. Probably Arlovsky. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, last thing. Uh, obviously, we got NBA. We got NBA today. Uh, is it obviously we got Grinders Live later today? We got Crunch Time. We got. Some NFL stuff. We got tons of content here on the channel, so hit that subscribe button. But we also have the props and pick 'em package. Okay, I've I, I've been fairly, I've been pretty, I'm fairly, I've been transparent to say that eighty five percent of my volume the past year in twenty twenty three, I've done in props. Only fifteen percent. I only play DFS fifteen percent of my volume because props and sports betting especially with a lot of bonuses and boosts and stuff. Better return, lower variance. Best of both worlds. And you know how I do it? I use I I use the Roto-Grinders projections, right? So I use the prop model. I use the, the pick'em tool, right? If you're going to go on prize picks today, you could, our statistical projections are tied into these tools. Now, if you're a premium member, you could just download the CSV of all the, the, statistical projections whenever they get updated you can do whatever the hell you want with them i do that i download them use them in excel use them in other tools uh but if you're only just you know hey you want to have a nice profitable long-term profitable sweat for tonight's games like just get the props and pick them package you know if you if you're not playing dfs anymore and you know always check the timestamp, and you can just look right here i mean i'll, I'll literally do it because people don't believe me john people don't believe me they asked me. They that te- you you're not just using the like the rotor grinder stuff, right? To I see I see I see your 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 return. I had like what last year, like 13, 14% ROI, which is great. It's like you're not just using like the rotor grinders projections. I go, yeah, I'm using the rotor grinders projections. Like, how is that possible? It's like, well, the, the lines on the books are that bad. I mean, like, as long as you get the right price, the thing is is that people get the props and pick'em package, John, and they go to the pick'em tool. And they go there at like 6.45 Eastern, yeah. right? And they go, oh, well, I want to get five. Like, like, dude, dude, why didn't you get this like seven hours ago when the numbers were better? Like, that's the that that can easily be the difference of you being profitable and not profitable. So, like, going to this pick em tool, I just, I mean, I'll literally, I mean, I know there's some injury news or whatever in uh, NBA, so I'm, I don't, not necessarily sure about all of these, but... This is what I'll do. I'll just like, okay, let me take the top five, right? You got the top five here. I'm just going to take them, right? Points, rebounds, assists, Jokic rebounds. So, John, can you speak a little bit about any props that you like? It may be an NFL this weekend. Any any way that general strategy of how you handle props and pick them. I know you're you're much more on the DFS side, but let me tell you, John, if you're not ta- if you're not taking advantage of the props and pick them package, I even think you're leaving money on the table. 
Yeah, I, I think what you said is, is right about it. it. The number matters, right? Not necessarily the bet. Um, I think it's like one of the biggest things that people, like casual bettors, have a hard time um, getting their heads around. And uh, some of the sports books do kind of play into that. And you'll see like all these, um, you know, tweets and information about oh, the most bet thing. I get these like notifications. It's like so frustrating because I, I want a notification on my phone if if you're going to give me like a fifty percent profit boost. Like, oh, I should remember to use that, right? Um, I, I don't care about like the most placed bet in Virginia. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, like I won't like I don't know. Or you know, is is that supposed to like lead me in some direction? I'm supposed to bet that too. Like it's just like a group thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the number matters. Um, I think for for NBA, a lot of it is like if you can like parse out who's going to be sitting. Um, you know, you can maybe put you know a good bet down there. And a lot of times you'll see like questionable players. Um, you know, you can bet the over or under if you have a lean on, you know, if the guy may shoot around or if there's some coach speak. Um, it tends, I think the books are a little bit lazy, just like if a, if a guy is questionable, if they offer a prop on his teammate, they just have it, you know, like the, for the points, rebounds, and assists or whatever, it's going to be one higher than it should be. Um, and if you have a lean that, you know, maybe if the guy misses, it's going to be a much bigger impact. He missed shoot around. Then maybe you go the over on his teammates, you know, points, rebounds, and assists. If he makes shoot around, then it seems likely he's probably going to play. Like it's not a back to back or anything like that. The team's not playing tomorrow. Um, then maybe you go under on his teammates, you know, points, rebounds, and assists. But me, me, I don't, I don't even pay attention. I let I let the team do it. I let our projections team take care of everything. And I just reload this page. I mean, you saw me do it right live on the show. I just took the top five things from from our pick'em tool. Right, they're based on our projections. Put them in. There you go. Here's my prize picks card for today. Then I'll I'll go to the prop model. Obviously, there's a lot more NBA games. I'm gonna download the projections. You can download all the projections, and I'm gonna probably I'm later today after the show. I'm gonna probably have 60, 70 NBA bets in because I just go. You, you could literally just go down the list. I'm not showing the whole thing, right? Because this is only for premium members and props and pick them members and i want to be able to get these numbers i haven't bet on these yet right paul george over two and a half assists don't bet on it i don't want people i don't want the number to move don't bet on it victor Wenbinyama pra under 35 and a half please please don't bet a lot on it because i want to get it after the show this i have the weirdest sales pitches john for 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 our stuff here rota grinders right it's too good i don't want people to know about it but they make me. Devin is behind. Devin's behind the scenes. <laughs> He's forcing me, forcing me to tell you about this. Because the more people that use it, the less useful it's going to be. All I can tell you is not enough people are using it because I'm still getting I'm still getting numbers on on our projections, even you know, an hour after they come out, as opposed to five minutes, ten minutes, stuff like that. But these things will move, right? If you try to get these same numbers, you know, at, at six o'clock tonight, seven hours from now. You ain't going to get him. This number on Paul, the number or the price will change, right? So instead, like this Paul George assists number may still be two and a half, but right now it's probably what? Minus 150, right? If you if you just calculate what the edge minus the win percentage is. On FanDuel, it's probably minus 150. It's quite possible it ends up being minus 162. Or it moves up to three and a half, and then the under is minus 105, and now you, you the value just, just disintegrates. So the key here is to get them, to get them early, get them before they move, uh, and if they do move, 
in your favor, that's always a good sign that uh, that you got the best of it. So, so please, please don't use a props and pick and package. But if you do do it, you can click on the link in the description. You get, I think it's nine ninety nine. It says right here, three day trial, nine ninety nine. Why are we doing this, Devin? Why are we giving this away for ten bucks for three days? This is stupid. And the and then it recurs at forty nine ninety nine uh, a month. After that, I I think it's nuts. We should be adding zeros. There should be zeros at the end of these prices, but we don't do it uh, because we're. Stu- I guess we're just because we're stupid. I mean, really, that's that's really what it comes down. There's no reason. There's really no reason. I tell Cardi that he should be tripling the price of the of his project, and then they never do it. It's like, right, John, you do your own stuff, right? Right, you you look at this as well. But I mean, if you had projections this good. Do you think we should be giving it away for nine ninety nine for three days? Does that come with like DFS projections as well, or like no, no, that's just the props okay. and pick. All right, yeah, um, no, I, I, I do think like our projections team puts in more work than like the sports books projections <laughs> projections team, if, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I think it's well worth the money. And like I said, like like I said, you know, I think that our projections team is putting a lot more thought into like who's in, who's out, like who's playing, you know, who's getting limited minutes, stuff like that. Whereas I think the sports books are much more likely to take like seasonal averages, kind of plug it in, maybe like just bump it up. Oh, it's like add one or, or subtract one. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely think there's value here. Right. You have to remember that the retail books, their number one defense against sharp betters is limits, not by making their lines better, right? The be- the better sports books, Right, the the sharper sports books, they're their business of making their lines better, right? That's how they and they don't they don't limit as many people. So a lot of times the name of the game in props and and pick them even prize picks an underdog is taking advantage of their not as good lines, but don't get finding that line bef- between making money and getting too greedy, right? You get too greedy, next thing you know, uh oh, I can only bet eight dollars, right? Yeah. And then there's also a line of like, oh, well, I was just going to put five bucks each on these. It's like, oh, how much raw money are you making on on $5 on a on a 7% edge? I mean, that's like, what, 35 cents? I mean, you're really not doing much there. So really, that's the name of the game. That's the reason why, even though we have projections available, you could still beat you could still beat FanDuel and MGM and, and DraftKings and, and all these books because if you go there and you start putting $500,000, $1,000 on these things, they're going to be instead of them going. Well, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should get better, better prop lines. They go, no, we're just going to limit you. Get out of here, shoo, shoo, shoo. You figured us out. Please get the hell out of here. So, if you want to take advantage of that before they tell you, there's the door. Use our props and pick them package. So, John, you got, you got, uh, so you got the hit in the nut. Okay, if people want to get their nuts hidden. Yeah, right. They could check that out for if they're premium members for both. Wildcard like so we didn't talk about Sunday, but if the Dolphins put up 34, if the game is like 35 to 3 and the Dolphins win, that means that means you've won a lot of money tomorrow. I'm I'm assuming. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it goes that way. I mean, you just never know how these games are gonna go, right? Um, you know, if if Kareem Hunt and David Bell are getting all the touchdowns in the in the early game, um, you know, that's probably knocking off a lot of production from people's lineups as well, even if that game ends up being, you know, higher scoring or if, the, you know, defenses are putting up the touchdowns. 
Um, but yeah, my general thought for the Saturday wildcard slate is just be overweight the Dolphins. I, I think people are going to be underweight on them, and I, I don't think it's like reflected in in the ownership projections. I could be wrong. I could, you know, see the see the ownership for the early game be like, oh, that's not not as high as I thought it was going to be. But I do. I think people are going to go, especially like with the uncertainty with the injuries. If we don't get like solid news on Waddle and Mostert, um, I think people are going to go way with that first game. And I also think like on a wild card slate, you know, the games are happening one right after the other. I think people are going to want to root for the first game, right? Like they're going to go over with that first game, kind of like the Thursday to, to Monday slate. So yeah, my lean is to try to be a little bit overweight that second game. And tomorrow we will have a pre-lock show so that you could tune in four o'clock, four o'clock tomorrow. That And uh, there's also going to be uh, MMA crunch time. Tomorrow as well, but not with you. Liam's going to be on. Yeah, because you're, you know, you're 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 telling the MMA people no, your 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 time is more valuable elsewhere. I will be writing an article on the Sunday wildcard slate, almost certainly at uh, <laughs> at the time of the the MMA show tomorrow. Okay, but Liam will be on. He has he has the breakdowns. If you want the MMA stuff, that M- the MMA content for premium members will be out today. So check that out. Click that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of a premium Roto Grinder subscription, which includes the props and pick'em stuff. So you get everything all in one, one, one in one bucket. Also, Sim Labs as well. That comes included as well. And we 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 have a beta for NBA. So if you want to try out Sim Labs for NBA, you could do that as well. Uh, I think it's I think it's actually free. Devin, it's free through Sunday. So you could feel free to. That's true. You're nodding your head. I'm assuming that means give it a, give it a shot. It's free for the next uh, three days. Three days. Sim Labs. Go check it out. Uh, hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to always know when I go live because I'm here for you talking about all things you're thinking about. Daily Fantasy props and pick them Mondays through Fridays, 11 o'clock Eastern on Roto Grinders today.